Just like that, final hour of the Friday edition is here for Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. No Chad this week. He's back next week into 2024. Kelly Stewart has been crushing it as she does, uh, well, does that in Vegas. Knows how to play the odds. And then also this week. Thanks for being here, Kelly. Appreciate it. No, thanks for having me fill in. Look, it's a, it's a big seat to fill, but it's it's been enjoyable. Uh, like Chad, you make the show. Ten times better. I mean, hundred times better. Chad's uh, Chad's pretty funny. I did the show with Chad while you were gone. Yes, and uh, it wasn't he, the same because it was on Zoom. But he he did a he yeah. did a great job. He uh, so he's snowed in right now in Nebraska. He's cold. Still snowed in. Yeah, don't they have like a snowplow or something? Yeah, but there's snow on the ground right now. And there's a lot. Davey was even mentioning this on the photo that Chad sent. Uh, I doubt he's as cold as you are. I'm freezing while in Nashville. Being from Florida. I mean, you're constantly shivering. I was just telling the uh, restroom attendant in the bathroom. She's like, but we got you sun one day. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I was walking in the gulch. You've been saying uh, it's going to snow here for like four days straight. Oh, well, I was told that it was going to snow, and it has not. But it definitely had uh, cold rain the other night. Okay. Well. It's not cold enough again, to flurry. Just cold. Um, so we mentioned Marvin Harrison Jr. and whether or not he's going to play. Here's why he's not going to play. Because he's going to be, what, a top three pick? I top think he should. Pick. I think he should be a top two pick. That's okay. my personal opinion. But well, uh, well top it, ten, first round, whatever. Uh, the, the picks are slotted for the contracts. If he is a well, just compare it to C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud as the number two pick, guaranteed is four years, thirty-six million dollars. There's no way you're going to risk that and fall down further into the first round where you're getting 18 instead of 36. That There's a significant drop-off in the pay at the end of the first round compared to the very top where he would be. He's got to sit out the bowl game. I understand like the significance of that, but I mean, I also, it, the business of what this is now and what the NFL doesn't care if you sit out the bowl game, there's, there's, no, there's no reason to play the game, Kelly. Even though there's still some uncertainty about it. Do you it. ever think, like, maybe there's, like, some loyalty to your coach, to your team, to your fan base, wanting to go out on a high note? Like Brock Bowers did. He's a back-to-back national champion, and he can, he came back and played this season for Georgia. I mean, Cooper Beebe yesterday had no reason to play in the K-State Bowl game. Zero reason. He and three other seniors on that offensive line, and they came out after the game, and, you know, no one got hurt, right? So yeah. that was good news. And they said, hey, we wanted to come out and play for Avery, who was the true freshman quarterback that got started, and we wanted to play for Connor Riley, who's going to be the new offensive coordinator. Sometimes some things are bigger than money, but yes, I would agree. I mean, we're talking a significant amount of money. And don't forget, some of these agents already have insurance policies in place if these guys do get hurt. Right, but uh, the second contract is affected by that too. Um, You may go to a better team, but the guaranteed money is is what you're – giving up on the guarantee of 36 million and you know Brock Bowers came back and finished with Georgia he had a chance to go for a three-peat there he's not he's not going to play due to an ankle injury in the Orange Bowl so you know there's that to factor in that's a smart play too because he would have played in the semifinal had Georgia won against Alabama just throwing that there also uh, I mean compared to the the 36 million for uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. you also have big money for endorsements like Travis Kelsey's getting. Oh, well, that's a whole nother argument. Really quickly before we get into okay, Travis Kelsey, 
Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. is getting a ton of money in NIL. And that's why I think we're seeing a lot of these guys stay for that additional year. I don't know what Brock Bowers got to come back for an additional year. But keep that it's in mind. You don't think it's worth it to play He's in college? He's already being rumored to go, to go number one overall. No, it's not worth it. It's nowhere close to the money you get. All right. So on to Travis yeah. Kelsey. Oh. I, got a, I got a text or when I was in the this. bathroom and my girlfriend said, what do you think Travis Kelsey makes a year? And I was like, I don't know, nine, 10 million. She goes, 14 million. And she goes, what do you think he got paid for his Pfizer commercial? $20 million for his Pfizer commercial. I was floored. So 20 million. being Mr. Pfizer is not so bad after all, Aaron Rodgers. So he has uh, he he has a twenty two point seven million dollar contract. That's what he started with. Um, let me see. That's the guarantee. Excuse me. Twenty twenty one, he received a guaranteed roster bonus of seven million. Um, his net worth estimated to be thirty million, and he gets twenty reported 20 million for Pfizer. I think that's funny though because his girlfriend is a legitimate billionaire. Well, so what is 20 million dollars? Well, that's the value of being I mean for and I guess it still happens. The stretch run where it started against the Chicago Bears, 40 10 to uh, 45 to 10 beatdown had 20 plus million viewers on a regional broadcast that every that the network went uh, they they switched to that blowout game to boost the numbers, and they did. You're getting the Kelsey paired with Taylor Swift effect with this, too. That's also part of this payment. It is, and I said... You see Kelsey, you automatically think of Taylor Swift. You think of superstar. Are you kidding me? My buddy Ben has a daughter, that, and, he, and, and Ben does very well in life, so I can understand why he can afford okay. to go to multiple Taylor Swift concerts. Yes. His daughter got a Travis Kelsey, living in Las Vegas, has a Travis Kelsey jersey. That's what she wanted for Christmas. She does not watch football. Right. And now she wants to be on board because that's what Taylor's doing. It's, it's, everyone's like, oh, but Taylor's on TV, right? But now it's all about Kelsey on TV with Pfizer. We can't even ask uh, the candidates in the, in the debates about with, with this. That's how much, much money Pfizer has behind all this. It's crazy. They could, they should, Kelsey should have asked for more. Should have asked for more? Yeah. Why not? Do you think he's worth more than that? Oh, he might be now. Because he started doing these commercials, what, a few months ago? Yeah. Right when the whole thing... Listen, his... Turn and smile at the camera. His Thank new... You. Yes, exactly. Put on these band-aids, turn and smile at the camera. We got you. Uh, here's $20 million. His PR firm that he hired to start this season, had, we talked about marketing earlier. Oh, my uh, gosh. They have just catapulted this man. Davey, you have an update on Ohio State? I do. So they technically do not have a single player that has opted out. Now that you have players that have gone to the transfer portal, like, I mean, Kyle McCord. Okay. And the reason behind this, and this is just me speculating at this point, I don't think there's a coach in college football that has more pressure on him right now than Ryan Day. And while he's been good, he can't beat Michigan. And if you look at this, this is going to be a big jumping off point for this team as they head into the offseason because they don't currently have their future quarterback. They're losing. Well, that, is it really going to be a jumping off point because of that? Not because of the quarterback, but they do need to win this game if you're looking at it because Missouri's viewed as an inferior opponent to everyone in that Ohio State program fan base. And so if Ryan Day loses this, you want to talk about turning the pressure up? Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to opt out, but he's just not announced it yet. Right. And there's going to be a lot of other players that do that. Um, and it goes back, uh, we were talking about this before the game with the strategy that some coaches think, well, if, if I can just hold off on having any player make an announcement 
it's going to be to our team's benefit whenever the other team is having to scout us, they're having to prepare their game plan, especially whenever you're looking at a month to prepare for these teams. And so the fact that not a single Ohio State player has opted out when we know they have a lot of players that will be playing or being drafted in this year's NFL draft, it just tells me Ryan Day is scared. Well, uh, next year, the hot seat is going to be turned up regardless of the outcome of this game. No one's going to be talking about the Missouri matchup uh, in in January uh, and what happens with them. I, or, or, it, it, no, it's just Michigan. It, he lost to Michigan without Harbaugh on the sideline. It comes down to that. How much longer does Ryan Day get to get away with that? Because this, I, from Ohio State fans that I know. They've, they've dominated except for that. Exactly. It's not that. Okay, so let me tell you this. As a K-State fan. Okay. I am not happy that they lost the wonky game with a long field goal to Mizzou. Right. I'm definitely not happy that Will Howard threw three picks to Oklahoma State. Okay. And I don't like the snow game oh, in I Iowa it. State. I know you don't like it right. based on the result. Right. But. Those those three losses were garbage. If you want the only ask me the only thing that matters is we went into Lawrence and we beat KU. That's the only thing that really matters. From a, from a, what is expected, and they went to a bowl game and won. So I think from an Ohio State standpoint, they do all the other things except for beat that rival. Eventually, they're going to start calling for his head. They did it with Jim Trussell. They were doing it last year. They, I haven't heard it as, as much. They, I think were, they, they could have matched up uh, in the national championship game. Well, they sh- for kicking is for, is for losers, as we say on another podcast that I do, because Ryan Day didn't play to win that game. He played for the field goal, and that was the wrong move, and they lost that game because of him. So, But I, I think the perception of that game, and Davey, jump in if you want. I don't hear about the loss to Georgia. I hear about the loss to Michigan. He's 56-7 and seven as a head coach at Ohio State. All what? you hear about is that he can't beat Harbaugh and Michigan. And you don't. They just lost to Michigan again without Harbaugh there. I think you might hear a little bit more about the Georgia game had Marvin Harrison Jr. not been injured. Because that that's the excuse they got. It's like our best weapon went out with a head injury. Sure. It, it's, it was still close. We, they, we still had a uh, chance to signs, yeah, right? kick the field goal. So it's... I mean, it's a it's a huge year for for Ryan Day. Now, fortunately for him, he's probably not going to have to worry about Jim Harbaugh. So, but then again, you look at it on the other side, the intensity heats up because if he can't beat a first year head coach in Michigan, then they're all going to want him fired. Yep, that is exactly right. If he does not beat Michigan next year and Harbaugh's in the NFL, you're absolutely right. They are going to come for his head. I I, I turn it up a bit because of what Billy Lucci told us. Texas A and M did. Mm. They called Ryan Day to see if he was interested to be the head coach in College Station. And if you're, within, within the yeah. coaches. And they said no. And it was huh. just after the Michigan loss. Again, it's it's more the perception of that rivalry, which is nuts, because he's a, he's a really good coach. Yeah. Um, it's all about that matchup in Columbus. And he'll easily be able to find a landing spot if things oh, don't work yeah. out for Ohio State. Like oh, it, well, of course. But it, it just, it you can tell it's eating at the guy. It's been, I don't, they've not beat Michigan since... 2019, I believe, right? I was going to say four yeah, or five years, it. right? Yeah. Now, so. they would have beaten them had Michigan not chickened out and canceled the year of COVID, but... Or or um, stolen signs. Oh, boy. More, than, more than likely. Again, like, that's what he can point to. He's allegedly... Uh, well, that's what Michigan said. Big Ten said they couldn't prove it and, and said they didn't had nothing to do with the connection on the investigation, the private investigators. But uh, he was mentioned as 
being connected to that firm, that's what he's going to point to or in those losses. But he still lost without Harbaugh there and after Connor Stallions. That's what Michigan will point to. Like, hey, look at our record afterwards. We haven't lost. Uh, his record against top five opponents, Ohio State, two and five uh, against top five opponents in the coaches' poll at the time of the matchup. Missouri right now, they're ninth. So if you, you beat them, you get to hang your hat on a, you know, a top 10 win to close out the year. With a backup quarterback, because like we've talked about, Cobb McCord's not going to be there. So that's just something yeah. he's going to be able to point to and be like, hey, listen, just we're almost there. Just give me more time. And he's compared to Urban Meyer and Jim Tressel. You know, that's the other part of it. That's why it always sucks to be the guy after the guy. But he's, I mean, the success rate is there. Postseason-wise, again, I, I just look at the regular season matchup against Michigan first because that's all you have to mention. You don't mention like a top five matchup or, uh, again, 56 and 7 speaks for itself. Um, matchup against Clemson or Georgia or whatever. It's just, it comes down to Michigan. And Missouri's ability to win, they are charged up for this. The opt-outs compared to what Ohio State will have, Dave, and it's a good point. Um, that's going to factor in in a massive way. What does it mean if Missouri loses to Ohio State? Just back to, oh, well, Ohio State has, you know, rinse and repeat as backups? Or is it Missouri, not that they were uh, some uh, mirage, but it was, it's Missouri. We just look at it the same way. I'm trying to figure out what I know about Devin Brown. Get ready the, to they the backup quarterback. Got to score because I got to score a boatload of points. With I Missouri. think the difference is Missouri was projected to win seven games. They're yes. now playing for a Cotton Bowl. Yes, against Ohio State. I think I think Columbia is buzzing. Eli Drinkwitz, who <sighs> they, I've seen on Twitter called Eli Dorkwitz, oh, yeah. more times than I can count is all of a sudden changing his entire persona. He's finally getting the respect. He's this year's Shane Beamer, right? It, it is. It, so I don't think whether they win or lose this game, it matters for Mizzou. This is already a big step up from oh, where they've been. Oh, but it'd be been. their 11th win this year. That's crazy. And meanwhile, 11-2 and two for Ohio State is considered a rebuild year, just like Saban would say at Alabama. Correct. That's so the difference. This is a... This would be a huge win for Mizzou. I would agree yeah. with that. But I will say, I don't think that if Ohio State loses this game, they can say, well, we had all these opt-outs, yada, yada, yada. Nobody right. cared to be there. Right. We didn't beat Michigan. We didn't get to go to a Big Ten championship game, and not enough other teams lost to get us in the college football playoff. So be it. But Mizzou was never supposed to be here. No. So for them, this is huge. And I do think that they are going to put up a fight, and I'm looking at it right now. I'm going, if Mizzou gets back to six, I've got Ohio State plus two in pocket. Do I want to come back? Uh, and, and maybe Ohio State sneaks out a short, you know, field goal win here. Is this So is that so, line already factoring in the opt-outs that we haven't heard about? Yes. So the line opened Mizzou plus six. Mm -hmm. All of the opt-outs started sure. getting announced. It went to Mizzou as a two-and-a-half-point favorite and now has come all the way back to Ohio State minus five-and-a-half. That is how crazy this number has been. So regardless, you should be laying the best number or taking the best number in this game. Like, I never once wanted to bet Mizzou. When everybody panicked bet Mizzou at yeah. plus two, I was like, what are you guys doing? You're way too late to the party here. Oh, well, all Ohio State's people have opted out. I'm like, yeah, and they're probably still going to win. Talent-wise, this team is hand over fist better than Mizzou. Now that it's coming back, 
and it might sniff a touchdown, I might have to take Mizzou here. Missouri was predicted to finish sixth in the SEC East before the season. They're like the uh, two years ago, Arkansas, and last year's South Carolina Gamecocks. Yep. But I I buy into what they've done more because it's been consistent. Even in the shootout games, they've won those unlike last year. What I don't understand is why Kyle McCord goes to Syracuse. Right. So that Will Howard from K-State can go be the starter. Something doesn't add up there. I'm really curious to see how Devin Brown uh, plays in this Cotton Bowl and what that means for Ohio State going forward and who they pick up in the transfer portal. Coming up, NFL discussion with Clay Harbor, former NFL pro football player. We will dive into the matchups this weekend and uh, ask him about if he's nervous to co-host on Outkick. Happy holidays and happy new year to you. We're live across the Outkick Network. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hunt and Withrow. Kelly Stewart in for Chad this week. Wrapping up the Friday edition and headed into uh, a long weekend with tons of football, which we'll preview in a moment. Uh, starting January 3rd, Kelly, we're watch the show at our website. Uh, outkick.com backslash watch. That is going to be the only place you're going to be able to watch this show and other original and fearless shows live on our website, outkick.com backslash watch. Your one-stop shop for all things Outkick. And you can catch our next guest co-hosting and filling in on Tuesday, 8 o'clock Eastern on Outkick the Morning with Charlie Arnold. It's Clay Harper who joins us now, former NFL tight end who hops on with us here at Outkick. Clay, good to see you, man. Hope things are well. Oh, things are great, man. Besides the fact that I ate a little bit too much food over the Christmas holiday, you know, I'm trying to get back in the gym here and, and work some of it off, but I uh, hope you guys had a great Christmas holiday like yes. I did, but it, you know, it's time to get back to work and work some of those calories off. Hey, I, I, I tease going to the break. We'll find out if he's nervous about, co- about hosting the shot. I, I seriously doubt that uh, based on uh, the reps, but I know you're looking forward to it Tuesday. Oh, I can't wait, man. Looking forward to it for sure. Obviously there's a little bit of of nerves there, but you know, I played in front of a uh, hundred thousand fans before, but that's different because you're going out of the tunnel. There's 11 guys on your team, 11 guys on the other team. So there's a lot of other stuff going on. So you don't really focus on the, you know, being the solo guy there. So I've done some, some cool stuff and in speaking engagements as well, but uh, I'm definitely excited for it and looking forward to the opportunity. Comeback player of the year right now. Is it Flacco? Is it Damar Hamlin? Or Baker Mayfield. I think those are the three, and I can make a case for all three. Uh, that's a tough one, but for me, I got to go with Joe Flacco. And half the reason is because I I know how difficult it is. This guy was sitting on his couch eating potato chips. No, he probably wasn't doing that. He was staying in shape. <laughs> but he's literally sitting on the couch doing nothing. Doesn't even know if he's going to play. He was getting ready to retire for good. He, you know, you heard him talking. He was talking to his agent. They didn't know if he's going to get another opportunity. He gets the call and he comes in and he becomes the first player since 1989 for the, for the Cleveland Browns, the first time to lead them to a better record than their division rival, the Pittsburgh Steelers Steelers. He becomes the first person in Cleveland Brown history since 1946, since world war II ended to put that into context to throw for 300 yards, four straight games for the Cleveland Browns. They clinch the playoffs and they have a real possibility 
to win the AFC and get the bye week going to the playoffs, get, get a bye. So in my opinion, 38 years old, Joe Flacco off the couch was carpooling his kids to their sporting events and, and being the carpool dad. And now all of a sudden he's clinched the playoffs, a chance to get a bye week. He's the player. He's a comeback player of the year. I mean, he might be more than that. He's definitely the comeback player of the year, in my opinion, Joe Flacco, but I love what Baker Mayfield has done. Uh, he's been on fire and he's been there for the duration. I'm curious about how that is viewed. Uh, Flacco, by the way, he's filling in. He's the fourth quarterback to play. Watson is on that 230 million fully guaranteed deal. Flacco's making now over 2 million right now because he has a $75,000 bonus for every win. And the base salary is like 1.8. Uh, so he's, he's got that going for him. But I mean, if I'm Cleveland was already with the defense, Clay sticking in there in the playoff hunt. I'm, I'm shocked by that because with the fourth quarterback and as things just continue to spiral, losing Chubb earlier, how, it, it, I think it's tough to say, yeah, that locker room is going to stay together. I think it's that, that's another thing that, that helps Stefanski for coach of the year as well, just from the, the mentality of, okay, we're spiraling after all the hype, we're spiraling, and we're doing it again. We're not going to make the postseason. That was, it, they did the opposite. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you'd give them probably some leeway there if they did fall out of contention yeah. because they lost their quarterbacks. You're going to say, hey, it's okay, you lost your... He didn't take that as an excuse. He brings, he tries one quarterback, moves on to the next, moves on to the next, gets Joe Flacco in there, a veteran guy that has seen everything coming off the 10 year anniversary to the time he won the Super Bowl. You forget this guy was a Super Bowl MVP and his body looks good. So this guy around that 38 years is when some of these quarterbacks start even getting better. Obviously mentally it clicks for him. You keep getting better mentally. And if your body can stay healthy, you're at the best you can ever be. If, if, if I'm, able to play at the age of 30 as a tight end mentally you're the sharpest you've ever been and he's kept his body in shape whatever he's doing work and he looks like a guy that can really take his team deep in the play you look at the afc teams there's nobody that can that scares me they face to me maybe the ravens i say they can't beat the ravens but they've already beat the ravens this year so in my opinion they can beat any team they play against i think they could beat the dolphins with that defense i think they could beat the ravens I think that it's up for grabs and it's going to be interesting to see how this thing ends because I think they can play with anybody in the AFC and Stefanski, we're talking about comeback player of the year. In my opinion, it's not even a race. Stefanski is the coach of the year. And they've locked it up. They're in the postseason. Uh, we've got Clay Harbor with us here on Outkick. Yeah, let's talk more postseason. Some of the teams that are on the outside looking in, most notably for me, my Minnesota Vikings ticket is almost all but dead. Now they lose star tight end TJ Hawkinson. Being a former tight end, talk to me about how teams have to make that adjustment. They are basically a pick em to their rival, the Green Bay Packers, this week. This is kind of a tough game for me to dive into. So talk to me about that injury and what you like between that matchup. I'm sorry, the Vikings. I, if, I, I mean, I might mortgage my house and put everything on the Packers. You got Jaron Hall coming out of BYU. Yes, he's a rookie. He's a little bit older. BYU, I think he did his missions trip before he came to uh, to, to Minnesota. But Jaron Hall was throwing picks in college. And you're making this move from Nick Mullins, who's a guy that's thrown for a ton of yards, but he had four interceptions last week. But it's crazy because he had over 350 yards, but he had four picks. So I think maybe Hall's on a short lease, but I don't know how Jaron Hall could lead the Vikings to a victory over the Packers. It's going to be tough. Yes, I know you got the best wide receiver in the league, in my opinion, but still with 
Hawkinson being out, that you're able to concentrate your coverage on that wide receiver. So now you're going to get more double teams. You don't have that threat over the middle. And they formed a symbiotic relationship. They haven't been able to play together that much. But when you have this dominant tight end and you have this dominant receiver, the defense can't focus on one guy. You're not going to be able to double the, the Justin Jefferson. Okay. You're not going to be able to double him because TJ Hawkinson is going to be open in the middle of the field. Now you don't got that. You don't really have a tight end weapon there. So it's going to be tough for them to win this game. Plus you're playing Jaron Hall, a rookie quarterback's first start. I give them maybe a 5% chance to win this game. Unfortunately for the Vikings, I am a bears fan though. So I don't mind too much, but the Packers are a bitter rival, but I think the Packers run away with this one. All right, let's stay in the NFC North here and talk about the Lions who finally won that division. Let's talk about them through the postseason. Could they possibly be a one-and-done type team, or do you think they have the ability to make a run here? You know, I played with the Lions. I actually played in the last playoff game that the Lions had. Back in uh, 2016, we played in Seattle. We ended up losing a game. It was like a 10-point game. Matthew Stafford was our starting quarterback. You know, I think it depends who the Lions play, but uh, to me... As a Bears guy, I cover a lot of stuff for the Bears. 670 to score Chicago, NBC Sports Chicago, do a lot of Bears coverage. And watching that game, the Lions lost to him the last game. They, sh they should have lost twice. I think if the Lions get a home game, they win. But when they go on the road, when they're outside of the dome, their offense just doesn't translate. For whatever reason, I love Jared Goff. He's a comeback story himself, what he's been able to do. But on the road, it's not the same team. In that dome, it's nice, cozy, and warm. I played in that dome. I like playing that dome. But when you go on the road, I know you're in Detroit, but when you go on the road, it's tough for that team. And I love Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell was my tight end coach when I played for the New Orleans Saints. Players love this guy. I love this guy when he was my coach. Unbelievable dude. Very intelligent. Really smart guy. Players coach. Backs up his players. Goes to bat for his players. But they are one of those teams, if you don't have home, home field advantage, I don't think they win. They'll have it in uh, the first round, uh, in wildcard round at least. Uh, what happens in your mind if it's Stafford and the Rams who are on the road in Detroit? Well, that's going to be when you get the popcorn ready, yeah. Stafford playing his old team. You got Goff wanting to prove that he is as good of a quarterback as Matt Stafford. And honestly, call me crazy, I don't think he will. But I think if Stafford ends the season well, like he has been, I think he should be in consideration, at least get a few votes for MVP of the league, what he's been able to do with Cooper Cup's been out half the season. Puka Nakua, who is Puka? Tell me how many people in the world knew who Puka Nakua was before the season. Sam Laporta turns into the best tight end in the NFL. Like Sam Laporta is a, a second round draft. How's he doing it with these guys? Offensive line is supposed to be not very good for what Stafford has been able to do with this offense. Jameer Gibbs. Obviously, you got David Montgomery, a second-rate running back coming over from Chicago, having a great year this year. What he's been able to do with these players, he needs to be in the MVP discussion. I think that's something that people aren't talking about. But I think if if the Lions are home, I would take the Lions over the Rams. I do love the Rams. Obviously, you can't count out Aaron Donald. I got a scrappy defense, and I love staff. Staff was one of my favorite quarterbacks I ever played with. One of the hardest workers. Guy would bring everybody in. In, in season at 7 a.m. to watch film. I don't miss that, but yeah. I really like staff, but I think I'd give the, the edge to the Lions if they're at home. Clay Harbor with us. Clay, what, what happens at quarterback for Chicago? The vibe there, given that Justin Fields is a 
he needs help around him. They're going to have two first-round draft picks. And the fact that we may see a new coach, may not. And they have the number one overall pick from Carolina. Man, Chicago is a crazy place to be right now for all Bears fans. I mean, there's torn. It's like a, it's like a civil war in Bears territory right now because half the people want to keep Justin. Half of them want to draft a quarterback. And I, I'm split, but I, in my opinion, I'm not sold on Caleb Williams. I don't really like how he handles himself off the field. Obviously, you got the crying thing with his mom, the you know, all the other antics and you know the things that he's doing. He wants to be a shareholder on the team when he gets drafted. Do something in the league before you start talking like that, in my opinion. Do something before you start saying you want a piece of the team ownership. So there's a lot of stuff there. And I think he's probably going to measure in 5'11 when he, when he goes to the combine. So I'm not sold. Drake may not sold. We have a bad taste in our mouth from North Carolina quarterbacks. Mitch Trubisky back in the day was a starter for the bears. Didn't pan out. So for me, I think you keep fields, you trade to, to number three, maybe number four, you draft Marvin Harrison juniors, maybe Brock Bowers, get a nice receiver a nice tight end and you put this stuff around fields and this defense ever since you got Montez sweat in that trade where you gave up your second round pick has been playing well. Eberflus since he's been calling the plays on defense has been doing a pretty good job and they're not far off this bears team. They've lost a few games. They won one of these close games, like the game against Joe Flacco and the Browns. They're in the playoff hunt. The bears aren't far. So in my opinion, you keep Justin, he's going to get better. He's only 24 years old. One of the most dynamic players in the league. And then you put some more weapons around him. And I think you have a playoff team that can compete because nobody in the NFC is really scaring me that much. What do you think he's, Fields is going to command in the extension if they keep him? Because he's eligible, right? Yeah, they can do the fifth-year option. But I think he gets like a Daniel Jones-type contract, okay, like yeah. three years. I think it was like $80 million, something like that. But yeah. these quarter, even if you're a decent quarterback, you don't have to be great, you're going to get paid. I mean, it's just the way the league is. If you're a quarterback and you're getting a second contract, you are going to break the bank because that's just the name of the game. It's a quarterback driven league and they they have to pay their quarterback. So there's also, also that if you get a rookie and you pay Justin Fields, you're probably working for about 25 million more per year with a rookie. So you got to think this would be Caleb Williams or Drake may and 25 million for Justin Fields. But on the flip side of that, you look to last year, what these guys are saying, draft Bryce Young. It could have been, it could have been um, CJ Stroud, which would have been an upgrade, I think. But if you draft Bryce Young, you don't have DJ Moore. You don't get Tyreek Stevenson in the second round. You don't get this year's first round pick. And you don't get Darnell Wright. You take those four, three players and draft picks off the Bears team, they aren't any good. You can get that same haul this year and put those players around Justin Fields again it's unprecedented. You're going to have a 49ers type all-star team for at least a couple of years. Well, and he just finished in the fourth quarter this year. You've got a couple more wins, if not three, and you're lead, leading the division right now. Clay Harbor with us. Final, final thoughts here in the final 45 seconds, Clay. Uh, Miami. The thought was they can't beat good teams. If they finish the year with the win that they had against Dallas and then Baltimore, the perception is going to be way different. Oh, absolutely. And I think I like this Miami team. I thought, you know, they played a heck of a game against Dallas and I'm a Tua believer. I think Tua has got unfair, you know, shakedown ever since he's been out of college. I think Tua does a pretty good job. Even when you saw Tyree kill wasn't playing last week, they were still able to get the win. He was getting the ball to Jalen Waddle. So I think the dolphins are one of the best teams. They got a solid defense. Obviously they got one of the best offenses in the league right now. 
with Tyreek healthy, Jalen Waddle healthy, with these running backs, with Tua getting the ball out like he can, one of the quickest guys to get rid of the ball in the entire NFL, I think he's third. So you're not going to be able to be affected by a lot of these pass rushers because he gets rid of the ball so fast. So I think the Dolphins, in my opinion, are one of my favorites to win this AFC. The Chiefs aren't the Chiefs anymore. Uh, we can say that. I like Baltimore, but for whatever reason, even after beating the 49ers, yeah. I'm not sold on the Ravens. I'm not sold. Look at Lamar in the playoffs. He's one in three in his career. He's got a 65 quarterback rating. You got to show me you can do in the playoffs before I start to believe in you, Baltimore. I'm sorry. So in my opinion, the Dolphins have a really good shot because there's no front runners right now. It's a wide open AFC and I'm not believing in the Ravens. So if the Dolphins can go into the playoffs with a little bit of momentum, keep this thing going, I really like what they can do. Clay Harbor, you can catch him on Outkick the Morning Tuesday. Looking forward to that, Clay, and thanks for the visit. Of course. Appreciate it, guys. Stay tuned. More coming here on Hot Mike. Six and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine, our location each and every day here at the studio. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow rolls on. Kelly Stewart, one segment to go. Late flight back to Florida, and I would be nervous. Late flights. What does that mean? It's a, you don't have an option of, to back it up very much if you. Oh, you mean like if, if it gets delayed. canceled yeah. or delayed? Yeah, you're just stuck at the airport for all eternity. Yeah, at least you're, you may be warm there. Yes. Warmer. Yes, I'm going to put on all the jackets. You went and bought a shirt today. I did. After I, your stylist gave you so much. She gave me a very cute your outfit. Your entire closet. She gave me a very cute outfit, but I needed a long sleeve. Okay. And, a, you know, packing for uh, warm and then cold makes for a bit of a challenge. I yes. get it. I would have also had to check a bag. I'm not ripping you for that. Free uh, bags on Southwest. What do you want I from also, me? Oh, well, you, you know why? Because they don't let you uh, put it in the overhead bin anymore. They won't. Yes, they will. If the little ones, they can go. They can go. If it fits in the... If you could test it and it fits there, it should be able to go up if uh, I'm if I'm boarding A23. Yeah, but you're talking about when you have, like, because B&A, I've noticed a lot of flights yeah. from Tampa go yes. to B&A to then, like, Vegas or, yeah, like, to other places. And so I could see that where, like, half your flight's full when even though you're an A group, half My your flight's My most recent full. flight didn't have that. I was, again, it was just like, I can't put the bags up here already. I have to wait. It was crazy. Need to fix this. Fix this. Um... I may need to fix my pick for my NFL moneymaker lock because Kelly, throughout the show, has gone against both of my options I was contemplating, and she didn't know this in advance. Um, I'm going with Tampa Bay, and I'm laying three points. At least that, that's what the line was last night. I'm laying three points. Tampa Bay against New Orleans, and I'm riding the, the streak and the hot hand of Baker Mayfield. Why... Why would I go against Baker Mayfield when I don't I don't care anymore about Derek Carr? That's I, fine. And he's what thrown for over 300 yards just six times this year, um, in what has been practically field goal games in New Orleans. Meanwhile, Baker has been lighting it up, and the Bucks are I, they're headed towards the NFC South Championship. Why Why would you go against? Talk me off the ledger. Why would you go against? Baker and the Bucks this week. It's not going against Baker and the Bucks. I think this is a, a sell high spot for this team that I also was high on the last couple of weeks. Look, you, mentioned, you mentioned two games, and you like Baltimore and you like New Orleans. 
And I like Miami, and I like Tampa Bay. Okay. Baker Mayfield, you're over here ready to give him comeback player of the year, yes. as are everybody else's quotes that you're reading. Uh, look, I agree. He has been successful. They have been better at home. I think that they're in a nice groove. Their defense is playing better. Okay. I don't like the Saints team whatsoever, but we're talking about a divisional game. Yes. With teams yep. that are both seven and eight, eight and seven. This is not going to be, this is going to be like a one point game. It's going to be. 21-20 final, and you're going to be pissed that you have two and a half now down from three. And let me tell you how much money that takes to move that number down. I think right. the Saints are a perfect teaser spot for this week with the low total of 42. So I'm not going to go against you. I'm just going to kind of disagree with you and okay. say I hope the Saints keep it within a touchdown. Your NFL moneymaker lock, please. I don't have one of those. I don't use L words in my life because there is no such thing. No uh, but blood I bank guarantees? No <laughs> blood no bank. No bookets? Nothing? I have a, uh, I do have a best bet this week. And okay. we, we kind of spoke about it earlier. It's a bet yep. against the Las Vegas Raiders. I bet against them last week. And their defense really showed up. This is a Colts team, as I mentioned earlier, controls their own destiny. I know they laid an egg last Sunday. And I did bet against them. I laid the one with the Falcons. And that closed Three, by the way, I was terrified that I was going to lose uh, that CLV trophy. But we'll see kind of what goes on here. Pittman is going to be a go, it looks like. Still haven't heard about Jonathan Taylor um, by anything looks I've like read. Looks like he's a go. I, I, Just that's uh, what they're saying. His name, yeah. Yeah. So we will we will see how that goes. Aiden O'Connell, we know he's not a very good quarterback. I, I think this Raiders team kind of falls back into uh, their more recent form uh, that was not beating up on the – Chargers and the Broken Chiefs. So, uh, Davey, yo, a lot of points this week, and you're going to grab them. I, I am, and it's actually uh, the line's gotten even bigger since I, I put my my bet in. But I'm going with the New England Patriots plus 14. They're playing at Buffalo. I just look at this team; they've not quit. When you look at, we know this is the next to last game for Bill Belichick as the head coach of the New England Patriots. His team's at least going to go out there and, and put forth a valiant effort. And Buffalo, you know, they, they barely held on to beat the Chargers. Uh, they're coming from all the way back from the West Coast uh, on a much shorter um, rest than, than the Pats. I, I just think the Pats are going to be able to make it a game. They're not going to win it, but it's not going to be an absolute blowout for the Buffalo Bills. So that's why I'm locking in plus 14 for the New England Patriots. Okay. Uh, I, I always... When the line is that steep, I always think about the Patriots are playing well for what we've seen. What, two of the last three has gone their way. And, I mean, I, I think about the Titans in Miami, for instance. 14-point underdog, and they win the game on Monday night. Like, that's that, – what would that – think about what that would mean for Buffalo, by the way, with what they could possibly do next week if Miami loses to Baltimore and they were to lose a game to New England. This Patriots team, they've already lost a game to New England. I don't like uh, rematches and divisional games when it's tough to beat a team twice. <laughs> but Buffalo has lost games in recent seasons and all season this year to bad opponents. Look, I'm not... Jets, Patriots... I mean, there's a list of this. I said this last week. Uh, I'm trying to think of who our guest was that I asked. I said, he's like, oh, well, they don't look... We're professional athletes. We don't look ahead. Well, they sure got caught looking ahead. Oh, yeah. Uh, over a Chargers team. Now, albeit, they did lose at Gillette to this team, so they shouldn't be looking ahead, but you're absolutely right. This team controls their own destiny. They don't need to cover the spread to win the AFC East. Right. They just need to beat 
the Dolphins, and they just need to beat the Patriots. That doesn't mean they're going to do it by two touchdowns. Well, this is a lot of points here. They win uh, a lot of games in Buffalo, though, recently. Yes, they have. Not and on the road. Uh, you mentioned Belichick possible last couple of games for him here. Look, New England winning this game will hurt their draft stock. Maybe that's Bill Belichick's nice parting gift on his way out the door. <laughs> I mean, that's his style, too. So I, I could see. I, I man, it's. I look at Buffalo, they have been playing well at home, but this just seems like a game where it's like Josh Allen just drops the ball. I, I think it's maybe not even Josh Allen. I think it's up to Bailey Zappi. If Bailey Zappi yeah. does not commit more than one turnover, if he virtually plays mistake-free, this game's going to be a lot closer. But you're absolutely right. Josh Allen is not devoid of making some real – bonehead mistakes himself from time to time it's the mistakes he's got to avoid it's not the passing yards anymore they won with him going under 100 yards passing so the defense is playing much better the run game that buffalo's not known for they're running the football very well uh they should just that line is steep for a reason i know but i like davy here of the picks i and just thinking about the style of this game the weather time of year and what the impact will be for buffalo uh yeah do you guys know, I found this stat fascinating, the last time that Josh Allen did not have a turnover in consecutive regular season starts? Was it uh, last game of the year and going into the playoffs? It was 2020. Was that the playoff 2021 January when they went to... No, this was in early, uh, mid-December in 2020. Okay, okay. Yeah. Since 2018, he's got 75 interceptions, which is the most in the NFL, 56 fumbles since that same time. Also, most in the NFL. Guys, uh, happy new year to you. Happy new year. Going into 2024. Um, the best and worst of 2023. Mm. And I'll, the hype around the New York Jets that we are going to hear this coming offseason will be more than what we had last offseason. It will be more than what the uh, Aaron Rodgers saga was in Green Bay. It continues to just mount and mount and mount. And Rodgers will play into this. I, I say the worst of 2023 is Rodgers injured with the Achilles on the fourth snap because it was highly thought that the Jets are the Super Bowl team. I wanted him to have to prove it. So we end all of this discussion. And here we go again into another saga-filled Aaron Rodgers offseason with the Jets and their defense and Salah. They're going to run it back. And it's going to be Rodgers that's going to be calling all of the shots because they need more help on the offensive line. They need more help at wide receiver. They're going to continue to do that based on what Rodgers wants. And he wanted to be on the active roster to finish the season and make a point. Again, Rodgers, injury, fourth snap, my worst. Oh, man. Can you imagine this time next year when we're talking about Aaron Rodgers being the heavy favorite to win comeback player of the year? <laughs> If he's comeback player of the year, he'll be the MVP favorite, too. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, let's see. This is kind of tough for me because I'm really good at picking out all the bad things and I forget remembering the good things. Okay. Uh, but I can, I'm trying to thank you guys. said, hey, give us your worst gambling beat yes. of the year. There was two of them. Bad uh, beats. One was Texas Tech uh, catching a touchdown, a little over a touchdown at home, uh, to Oregon. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Driving. Week two. Opportunity. And they throw a pick six. Oregon doesn't go down, runs it in, lose by eight. And then Mizzou followed it up with LSU three weeks later. The exact same oh. scenario. Brady Cook, uh, interception, LSU defender does not go down, 
runs it in, lose by eight. So there, I, I don't know which one was worse. Uh, probably the Texas Tech one because I was at home and a bunch okay. of people were over watching the game and I threw a massive fit. I would have guessed LSU just based on what was perceived to be a great LSU team and it wasn't. And Missouri was scoring how many points? 40 plus in that game? Fair enough. Both suck for you. <laughs> yeah, they, they both did yeah. suck. Guys, my worst moment, it's, it's one that's currently happening. If, if you're looking at the Detroit Pistons, they... They had a chance. They were up 19 on the Celtics last night, oh and then they managed to blow it in overtime, and they extend their losing streak to 27. But it's not just this current season. If you were to take the 23 calendar year for the Detroit Pistons, they are 9-78. and 78. My, I mean, to put it in the another, pressure on the Lions to save yes. the city is yes. enormous. Uh, the, the, the Arizona Diamondbacks have won more recently than the Detroit <laughs> Pistons. If you went on a hunger strike for the last time the Pistons had a win, you would be dead. So that's why it's just been absolutely atrocious. And that's why they're the worst 2023 for me. My best is the NCAA tournament, top to bottom. With This is where the portal has impacted in a major way on the positive side for me. College basketball. Because the tournament is so unpredictable now. And it's, it's, the parody is, there's, there's much more. I think we're seeing it play out right now in the following season. And the impact it's had on the early rounds and the runs of the Cinderella's. I mean, what is a Cinderella now with the, with the consistency of the lower seeds and what we're seeing across college hoops? I, I loved it. I loved the fact that we get the run to the Final Four. And we'll get more buy-in, even though the ratings weren't great. We'll get more buy-in because I think everyone will believe that an 8-seed, a 9-seed, a 10-seed has that quality player that wasn't getting the reps, was coming off the bench, was a starter, but, well, they didn't hit it off with the coach at the end of the year, whatever. I love it. I don't like it in college football because of what we're getting in the bowl games. I love it for college basketball. Yeah, like Farley, Fairley Dickinson just... Uh, I mean, FAU. I yeah, mean, FAU was a the, great story and, and t- until it wasn't. Uh, no, there, in the college basketball season last year, there we go. I'll capitalize on that. That was uh, the best college basketball season I've ever had. I, I also won a well college done. basketball season wins total uh, with San Diego State. They, oh. I did not have UConn, but we still ended up getting it because we got such a cheap buy-in on San Diego State. That was, that was huge. That was a big win for us. That's your best? That was the best probably moment. And it wasn't even just the moment. It was like a great three and a half weeks. Uh, as you mentioned, college basketball, K-State at the Garden, getting to yes. play aunt in New York City for the first time. That was awesome. And then being at a bar in Hoboken and San Diego State's down like eight. I'm just like, I'm going to the bathroom. I, I quit. I'm done. And I come back and the game's tied and grinding out the game with some of my favorite people. Davey, your best? Uh, it's got to be the appreciation for Creed. They, they've really made a comeback. I'm just throwing it out there. Not only have they made a comeback in, in, in the hearts of every American out there. Comeback band of the year. They, I mean, they, they've announced that they're doing a reunion tour. There's the Creed Cruise. I, I mean, it's just one the hit Creed after another. Cruise. Are you going to be attending that? He nah, it, it costs too much, and it's sold out too quickly. But the, the no worries. List. They're coming to Nashville in August. It's on the wait list, and I said it's, it's unfortunate that Davey is uh, a man because the wait list is going to be highly... Uh, investigated and those that are uh, the women they'll get they'll be on the Creed Cruise if they have extra tickets Happy New Year to you see you in 2024 Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow Kelly thank you Davey as well and the thank entire crew here across Outkick <laughs>